0: Welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life podcast. My name is Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of welcomeheart.com. What better legacy than to open our hearts to God and open our lives and homes to others? Jesus said, love me, love your neighbor. Sounds like a legacy life to me. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Today we have with us Jolene Underwood. Uh, She is a mentor coach in emotional health, and she calls herself an emotional health warrior. Jolene, welcome today, and we're going to get into that and what you do, but would you just say a little bit about your family and your ministry, and then we'll end with the legacy questions.
1: Sure, yeah. Um, So family-wise, it's always a tricky question for me to answer. It's kind of like when people say, how many kids do you have? And I say, well, we have five together, and we've had... 13 or 14 foster kids and wow. a couple miscarriages so there's 21 total um but at this stage of the game my youngest is almost 19 and my oldest is 30 so um there's four boys and one girl wow. between my husband and I
0: <laughs> Wow how long have you
1: been married um 24 years so I had two boys before I met him and he had his son was they were mine were 5 years apart his fit right in the middle Wonderful. and he adopted my two boys and
0: yeah. Wonderful. And then you had a girl together.
1: Yep. Then we had a boy and a girl together. They're 14 months apart. The last,
0: <laughs> the last two. Wow. And you just <laughs> finished grad school. So you yeah. are a, a tired, accomplished, wonderful woman. Uh, now I'm just so shocked. I read this on your website about 13 foster kids. Are they still with you? Have any stuck with you?
1: Um, yeah, none of them stayed with us. We actually had moved to a place which I just now refer to as the ranch, our time at the ranch. It was 14 months on a property. It was 156 acres owned by a pro- private foster care agency hmm. um, out in the country, Texas country. And we moved there to take care of large sibling groups and to be kind of the front line. So our goal wasn't like foster to adoption, it was oh, to be okay. there for the kids um, so that they could stay together as siblings and uh, kind of serve on this property. Um, we do still stay in touch with some of them. I love hearing from them. It's really, really neat. Um, it was a season that was really
0: intense. (laughs) I would imagine 13 plus your own. How many of yours were at home when you were fostering? Um,
1: So we started, we had three of our bio children with us when we moved. We had a boy who had been living with us who had been homeless before that. He moved with us. He moved out after that a while. Um, we had five to nine foster kids at any point in time. So during that 14 months, um, the goal, we, we had up to 12 kids
0: in our care. Wow. And so is this, uh, that type of a uh, ministry? Is that, is it a, was it a Christian ministry? First of all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And is that prevalent? Like in every state they have ranch type things where they take care of sibling groups. Do you know,
1: you know, I'm, I've I've heard of other places. I don't know that it's like necessarily every state, but people who have kind of this vision to do this. Um, yeah. And I think they all run a little bit differently. That place has changed since uh, the way that it operates things now. Um, for us, the whole, it, the season was so intense be- beyond the number of kids, but there was just a lot of factors, um, even just spiritual battles that were really intense during that time. And quite frankly, I came home afterwards with PTSD and depression, anxiety. It was pretty intense. And that's part of my story is coming back from that and realizing I am not doing well. (laughs) I really need to pursue healing and had this moment with God where it was, I just said, you know, there's some things in me, some fears that I've had my whole life. And they kind of showed up at the ranch too. Mm. So whatever we got to do, let's go. Hmm.
0: And how did you go about? that discovering what needed healing and getting healing? Mm -hmm.
1: First of it, first of all, I think I was reading some books about like suffering and grieving and trusting God in like tough situations, Mm -hmm. which ministered to me because they also connected to where I was just so tired and so exhausted. And then I just kept praying with God and asking him for revelation of different things. And what was interesting is some of the things that he was showing me bit by bit, layer by layer um you know like for example um recognizing um that i did have fear of saying no that i had a hard time setting limits with myself and others um and things that i needed to do to speak up in certain situations those that was just one of the many things that it was like god was revealing these things to me and later when i would go to grad school for counseling i and, and actually even in the middle Time frame. I was reading a lot of books by um, maybe psychologists or pastors on emotional health and emotional healing, and it was interesting because I felt like the things that the spirit was revealing to me, bit by bit, were the things that I was reading about in the books, and it felt very affirming. Hmm. Okay, we're on the right track, hmm. and then also just allowed myself to to explore. God, how do you want to heal me? What ways does that look like? Mm -hmm. Some through prayer, some through personal work, some through counseling and therapy, EMDR, um, healing ministries. It did a lot of different things because really the goal was, I don't want to live like that anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to
0: really experience a full life in the future. Mm -hmm. Was there any shame? Did you experience shame in thinking, wow, I've been a Christian all these years. Why am I experiencing this? Mm -hmm. Maybe the way that I recall
1: it was more of like a sadness, oh, more of like wasted time, mm. wasted opportunities. In what way? Um, you know, there's things that oh, well, let's say for example, when I started college, I was a single mom. When I started college, I got my bachelor's degree in psychology, and I didn't continue in master's school for a lot of different reasons. I don't really regret it back because I didn't know very much back then, but. Um, as a single mom, it was going to be hard to do, you know, grad school, but there was a part of me that was also <sighs> scared to move forward because I looked young. People always treated me as if I didn't know anything. And then, mm. and these fears of like, saying that, well, you can't be a Christian and a counselor. And I was like, why not? Mm. And I didn't know how to stand up and speak up. <clears throat> I didn't have that growth experience in myself either. Um, so there was sadness for wishing that I had those at a younger age. Hmm.
0: And was that, I don't know how deep you want to go, but um, did you not have that confidence for any particular reason?
1: Mm. You know, I don't really know. I think it's just, I I've always been pretty sensitive Um, and so I relate to kind of like the highly sensitive person. I could pick up on things, highly intuitive, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that may have also fed into, um, me feeling a lot of feelings when someone's facial expressions showed disappointment, disapproval. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was sensitive from a young age for that. And I think that kind of built in more and more fear. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that can be a tough one to come out from under. Um, mm-hmm. You have a tagline: it's emotional health warrior and soul care mentor. I can see why. And trauma mm-hmm. and uh, trauma and abuse informed mental health counselor. What does that mean? Abuse informed.
1: Um, The reason I, a lot of people will talk about being trauma informed because of how trauma impacts the body. And that's becoming a more widely used term in counseling circles and also in um, church circles, because um, that's kind of an area that's a passion of mine is helping to bring some awareness to the church. Because when we don't have awareness of how trauma impacts the body, what trauma responses look like and how to help people through trauma healing, um, then we can actually make it worse and we're causing secondary harm. Hmm. And one of the reasons that a lot of people experience trauma is from different types of abuse as well. And so I've gotten really connected to communities like with Leslie Vernick and some other people who work on um, helping people understand emotional abuse, spiritual Hmm. abuse, psychological abuse. And that's another area that the church in by large, uh, in large, whatever the right word is by um, and large, you got it by and large. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, doesn't handle or recognize very well. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I specialize in trauma and abuse informed perspectives, um, people who have been in some of those situations and have been hurt in church communities. A lot of times I'm finding people who want to stay close to God, But they're also struggling with all the harm that has come along the way, Mm. um, either because of their beliefs or because of things that happened in their church or whatever. And there was often like emotional, psychological or spiritual abuse that was happening. And so um, it's kind of a niche spot, a special spot
0: for me in the counseling services that I offer. Well, that is so needed. Um, we, We didn't even have vocabulary for that 20 years ago, I wouldn't think and definitely when I was a child growing up, we didn't talk about therapists. I'm a lot older than you, but really my mom was reading something about emotionally uh, healing of memories, which was kind of a therapy book. And I couldn't believe she was wearing, uh, reading it, but mm-hmm. it really helped her. And uh, cause she didn't talk about any emotional abuse that she had had, but we found out later that she had mm-hmm. had that. Mm-hmm. And um, so I praise the Lord that she got that insight towards the end, but think of how God is opening this up so much more widely. Now people are talking about it. What I don't like about it is when people throw the baby out with the bathwater, which is, I'm no longer going to go to church or even believe that God loves me. And I know that comes from a dark place of feeling abused or being abused. Um, but I just think, oh, well, you could find one person who loves you like Jolene. I'll just send you <laughs> send you all to Jolene and you'll get, you know, people just need to have their hurt uh, legitimate. What's the word? To yeah, like, validated. Validated. There's the word. Thank you. We'll help mm-hmm. each other. Uh, validated that it's true hurt without mm-hmm. them like saying, and now I'm never going to um, love anymore. That's hard. It's hard to trust. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to trust God. He could have stopped it. I mean, I've thought about that for the Holocaust. And mm. now we've been studying um, the children of Israel in Exodus. And when I was a child, I used to think, why don't they grow up? They keep they keep uh, not obeying God. And then, of course, I grew up and thought, oh, I keep not obeying God. But the fact is, God waited a long time. to rescue them Mm -hmm. but of course time is not um something he worries about because he's in charge so thank you for what you're doing right now and all the work you've done i love the um the um glasses behind you you say that you collect vintage (laughs) i never thought of 70s as vintage but yeah as (laughs) So now everybody's going to have to watch the YouTube, not just listen to Jolene. Jolene, elaborate on this statement. If you want to see change in the world around us, we must be willing to let God lead change within us. Why is that so? Mm. We have a tendency to
1: kind of going back to the garden of good and evil, where we want to know right and wrong and we want to make all those decisions and we want to determine what's right and wrong for everybody. We go into a logic brain and Mm -hmm. thinking of those types of things. So we can feel really passionate about change that needs to happen. But then we start to externalize everything outside of us. And it's all about this person needs to change that person. This needs to happen. And we're not noticing. And I think this is pretty common in Christian communities, but um, I've just encountered a lot of times for myself and, you know, what I've seen, where we're not paying attention to what's happening with me and how is God changing me and mm. what is that like? And, um, the good and the bad of that, you know, I think of times when we're in, um, a community group, small group, life group, whatever you want to call it, you know, they have all right. these different names in church communities, right. Which is, a, I believe should be a place where you can Get vulnerable where you can have safety among community. You're going a little bit deeper and getting personal about how your walk with God and how that's going, not just talking the spiritual language, but what's actually being okay. changed in you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times when we have prayer requests, what I've heard is, okay, well, pray for my uncle because he lost his job or pray for right. my aunt who has cancer. And I want to say, how does that affect you? Were you close to your uncle? What's happening in your life right now? What's God saying to you? Mm-hmm. I have a lot of curiosity about those types of things. So well, changing you're,
0: us. You're asking hard questions and not everybody wants to be asked. You're right. For one thing, they've never asked it of themselves. And so to even dig that deep is just too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, So we do have an MFT as a member of our growth group. So it kind of (laughs) helps. And he's a man. So that's really good too. Nice, nice. We are blessed. That's for sure. We've been together about 10 years. Um, So thank you for that. Is there a harder part of your history to talk about still? And how has the Lord used your story to help others? That's two questions actually. Mm, Hard
1: part of my history. You know, one of the things that God has really, when I was at the ranch, one of the things that I noticed about myself was that fear of saying no and, um, the retribution of saying no, or having somebody else hurt and be mad and upset. Um, because I said no. So how did that play out in my life? These are still, you know, hard things, um, included. I lost my virginity through date rape Hmm. happened very quickly. I got pregnant with one of my children through date rape. I did say no, but I wasn't, um, my fear. And this is not any blame on me, no shame on me, um, or anyone else that has this, your body kind of just seizes up or you go into that freeze mode, um, in response. And, um, you know, that, that whole kind of premise throughout my life, that's just, it's hard. I feel sad about it sometimes, you know. And I still work through it. I still find areas where I'm just acquiescing or not wanting to deal with what somebody might say. I think God's putting me in some interesting situations, that especially with some of the writing that I plan to do, we're going to probably hear people's opinions that yeah. <laughs> strongly disagree. Hmm. Um, I don't know funny. if that answers your question, but that does. Mine. It
0: does. And I, I just reminds me of something Bernie May said. He's uh, was the director of Wycliffe. Bible translators. And he would say, take risks for God. Hmm. And I would say in response, it's more of a risk, not taking risks for God, hmm. but it, what you're saying is taking great risk in doing what God has called you to do. And people will fight against it if they don't agree. And that's just, you know, if you have a message that needs to become a movement, mm-hmm. then uh, God will bless you in that. So thank you for joining for your vulnerability. Um, Let's talk about legacy. What do you see as a legacy that you want to share with those who know and love you?
1: Yeah. Um, I hope that my legacy is that I model for my kids and for others that we can experience a more fully alive life through growth and healing. Because all the fears that I've had and um, the tendency that we have to kind of hide and shy away from hard things that affect our hearts. They shape our souls Um, that it's worth doing that, leaning into that, exploring with God. It's worth taking those risks. It's courageous to do that, um, to have the self-awareness
0: and really dive into the gifts that God's given us. Not only the gifts, but When you say lean in, explain that more. Lean lean into your pain of what you did, or lean into God to heal your pain, or lean into do the work. All of it.
1: All of it. Okay. Leaning into the work with God, allowing Him to shape us and um, being an active part of that process with Him, responding, receiving the things that He has from us. Sometimes we want to give more than we receive. It's really hard Mm -hmm. to uh, when someone, for example, like compliments. um, It takes more intention and time to let that really sink in when someone is showing love and kindness in an unexpected way and our bodies want to fight against it and say, oh, no, 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 it's just, it's not me. It's not me.
0: There's nothing about me. That's good. And isn't that just, just so, so silly? silly? Isn't that just yeah. so silly when people do that? My mother said I had the gift of receiving. So obviously I never had oh, that problem. Oh, nice. <laughs> she, she made a little hypercritical. Cause I go, mom, you buy me this. Oh, so you have the gift of receiving. Oh. Like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Thank you so much. But I made her laugh and that was a gift I gave her. Yeah. Um, that is a beautiful legacy. How are you currently doing that? Um,
1: I would say through my healing, uh, through the time at the ranch, you know, definitely pursuing the healing for myself, taking those risks myself, modeling it for other people, um, you know, like I think of my family members and and others that I interact with, um, noticing God's unique design in me. Mm. And how do you do that? Mm -hmm. and noticing that sometimes there are things that I want to ask people that they don't want to answer. And that's a a unique way that God designed me. And so then I explore, Mm -hmm. okay, how does God want me to use that? Mm -hmm. Do I need to step back sometimes? Do I need to lean and push in a little more and growing and leaning
0: into that process Mm -hmm. with God? I love that. For one thing, I'm, I'm kind of pushy too, but you're probably nicer about it. But I feel like that keeps us, you and I, closer in tune with God's spirit, because we certainly don't want to do any more damage. Mm-hmm. But we also mm-hmm. want to allow the person we're questioning the opportunity to open up because maybe no one's ever asked them that question. So uh-huh. I see that as a great gift that God has given you and you you just keep at it, my dear. As Thank an older, older sister, <laughs> I'm telling you what to do. But that is another one of my gifts. My husband told me once, do you have oh, I said, honey, I have the gift of delegation. And he goes, well, just don't use it on me. And then he also (laughs) asked, (laughs) we're still married. And then he also asked me once if I were trying to be his Holy Spirit. And I said, yes. And I'm so good at it. Well, obviously I wasn't. So I try not to be that the longer I'm married to him. Um, What challenges, well, you've mentioned lots of challenges, but are there any other challenges or obstacles that you continue to face to fulfill this legacy? Mm.
1: um. Yeah. My brain is very fast paced and very busy. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. We are sisters. (laughs) On a practical note, that's something that I really am working on. And especially after trauma, Mm -hmm. your brain shifts in that attention span, you've got the combination of social media stuff, you know, scrolling and mind numbing activities Mm -hmm. and shifting gears from one app to another, those types of things that make attention spans worse. And then trauma increases that. So for example, when I came back from the ranch, I mean, I'd love to read. I used to even operate a nonprofit library. um, But I couldn't read more than a sentence or two without shifting away from the book. Hmm. It was so hard for me to stay focused on the passages. Emotion would start to surface, I think maybe because things were starting to slow down. And I've practiced that attention. And so now I'm doing it again in a different way, because Since I did finish grad school and I don't have to write APA papers anymore, I'm going back to the creative writing and the content creation, and um, so that's uh, been—it's still a work in progress for sure.
0: Yeah, great. Is that what came? um, Was that the behind your creating the the gift that you're offering everyone today? Everyone who's listening, it's called. I wrote it down. You tell me. Oh, cultivate communion with God. Is that what it's called? Connection. Cultivate connection. Connection. Mm -hmm. Can read my writing. Sorry. Um, okay. Is that, did that come from that to be able to cultivate a quieter sense of slowing down your, and putting your attention on God?
1: Um, it really, it came about more as I wanted to think of some, I don't remember actually, I don't remember how that one came about. I remember more how my Unleashed Heart and Soul Care Sheets came about, which is a bigger tool. Mm -hmm. Um, the Cultivate Connection is a one page download. And I do have a video, which I'm going to redo the video pretty soon. Um, that explores God's word in a different way Mm -hmm. to help us feel connected to him in a different way. And so you're taking a verse or a few verses, and then there's a grid at the bottom and asking yourself some different questions. So there's the common soap messages to explore scripture itself, Mm -hmm. but this is more about some reflection questions that, um, help us kind of see different things that come out of scripture because God's word is alive. It's active. It's working in our hearts.
0: And at the present moment, I don't remember what the questions are, but, um, I I read, I read them. They're very good. So, but everybody gets one so they can just go to your website. What's your website, your website, joleneunderwood.com. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. And then you also have a course, um, that's $35, which I immediately thought, wow, this would be a great gift for someone. If you were close enough, uh, enough to them to say you need this, you know, Mm -hmm. without having them feel offended, but Mm -hmm. tell us the title and what does it, um just tell us about it. So, yeah. And actually it'd be something great for two people to do together. There
1: we go. <laughs> yeah. Both working on it and then getting together and having conversations. That's something I want to facilitate in the future. Um, it's called unleash heart and soul care sheets and what it is. It's a several page PDF printout. There's some teaching videos. There's a webinar where I do a walkthrough in this whole process, the core tool. There's a few different layouts for the core tool because there's different ways that people like to do this process. Um, And then the the training videos give you a lot of guidance. And there's actually so much versatility with this one tool of things that we can explore within ourselves and with God. And then you could take it to another person and then you're doing it with other people as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It helps people identify, you know, lives just things that are coming up in their challenges, their decisions, they're like confusion. They don't know what to do about something, or they don't know why something is happening a certain way, exploring their thoughts and feelings around it, bringing it before God, um, practicing silence from him and just noticing. So it's noticing your thoughts, noticing your feelings, noticing what God says. And, um, then going through scripture, there's some other steps, um, in the tool. And I've had a lot of really positive feedback. People who use the tool are just amazed at how God shows up
0: and meets hmm. them in their process. All right, I have three questions real quick, cause we are mm-hmm. running out of time, but the first one is, is this um, only for Christians? I would say that it
1: is, would probably there's, because there's specific parts in the middle of it, that focus on hearing from God. And then there's a scripture focus section. And then the, some of the other parts, there's a lot of guidance that's geared for Christians. Okay. So can somebody who's not a Christian benefit? <clears throat> sure, they can benefit. But um, will the, all the talk about connecting with God and there deter them? Possibly.
0: Okay. And do they, um, do you often find out, maybe you do not even find out, a person who finishes this course, do they say, okay, now I need a real in person therapist? You've opened up things that I need to go address. Um, I don't know this
1: necessarily from people that have finished it, but I have had people comment that they've noticed, oh, now I want to go further. Okay. I need a coach or a therapist to go mm-hmm. explore more.
0: It sounds like a very inexpensive way to start a much needed process, mm-hmm. is what I'd like yes. to say. Yes. yes. <laughs> $35 is nothing when it comes to. <clears throat> therapy um mm-hmm. also would someone only benefit if they've been through some trauma like date date rape or mental or emotional no, this is for this. everybody this uh, goes back that's... to
1: that quote that you used about change beginning in us mm. and um in really especially in today's busy world right do we slow down and we notice and it can mm-hmm. take a while to work through the full sheet so sometimes i just tell people do what you can do it over several days do it on a sunday um, or a weekend day where you're spending a little bit more time and you want to do something different in your time with mm. God um, mm. to slow down and notice, Oh, what's my week been like? You can even just do it about what's been happening in my week lately. Mm. Do I notice what thoughts and feelings I have about that?
0: Mm. Reminds me a couple of things. I took myself on a sabbatical mm. <laughs> and people said, Oh, are you going to write a book? Oh, are you going to do this? I go, no, I'm not doing anything. That's the point. Mm. And I didn't sleep anywhere else. Cause I wanted to save money and I sleep better in my own bed, but I just did nothing really for three days except journal and eat well. Mm-hmm. I, went, I went to mm-hmm. good places and uh, by myself, which is very hard for me as an extrovert, but I just needed to slow down. And it also reminds me of Jennifer Duke's uh, lead book, Growing Slow, because we need to slow down and I need to slow down. So that sounds like a beautiful and wonderful resource. Our last question is, how do you personally embody the welcoming heart of God? Hmm. Hopefully through my presence. And I mean
1: that in a lot of ways, my presence online, my presence with people that I coach or counsel, um, my therapy work, um, the way that I show up with people to see them, to make space
0: for them. Yeah, I noticed that when we talked on our, <clears throat> our uh, Julie and I are in a course, a writing course to keep us accountable. And she was reaching out to me. And I thought, gosh, she obviously is a therapist because she's so kind. (laughs) (laughs) So from that, I said, oh, she's going to be on my podcast. Jolene, this has been a delight. I know it has blessed uh, my listeners today. And um, I will put all this information on how to connect with Jolene on my show notes. And thank you so much. Thank you. I so appreciate it, too. My pleasure. Until next time, think about your legacy. The one God has called you to live. All for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.